There we go. How's that? Yeah, now you can hear me. All your dreams have come true. Uh, anybody get to do any fall things this weekend? It's kind of uh, that season. Anybody? Anybody at all? Yeah, some people. Um, it's, it's apple picking season. It's pumpkin season. It's all sorts of different seasons happening right now. And, uh, you know, as I was going through some Apple things, there's this cool, normally I love talking about Apple technology because I used to work for Apple for many years. But today I'm actually going to talk about real apples, believe it or not. And there's this cool thing that I realized about apples. Anybody ever have one of these either now or as a kid growing up to cut apples? Yeah, you put it on the thing and you cut apples. And there's, there's kind of this cool uh, thing that I realized. You know, when you do this, and I didn't practice, so hopefully I don't break anything. I should have practiced. <laughs> I told my wife to get me a big apple, and maybe I didn't realize it was too big. You have all these pieces, but there's something interesting about the core of an apple, right? Because my dad, growing up, he would eat the entire apple. Like, he just eat the whole thing. Uh, kind of grossed me out. But uh, in doing that, you can count the amount of seeds that are in an apple, right? But the reality is, is you can't count the amount of apples that are in any one of those seeds. And I love apples to death. I have a, a, a weak spot for any kind of apple desserts. Mama Skinner, uh, kind of our in-house chef and baker and cooker, she tends to make me, well, I shouldn't say me, she makes our family these apple crisp desserts, but I say me because it's usually I eat all of it over the course of a few days. And we kind of have this love-hate relationship because she loves making me food and I'm always trying to lose weight and she's helping me find that weight on a regular basis. But I have uh, this real weak spot for apples. And it's, it's a truth. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to, to write this down. You can count the amount of seeds in an apple, but you can't count the amount of apples in a seed. I don't know where you're at this morning in life forward point, but here's the truth. A lot of times we receive some kind of promise from God that God is going to do something great. Maybe it's a book that we're reading or, uh, you know, we're getting prayed over or just in our own prayer time, God kind of reveals that he has a plan. He has a purpose for you and you get a, a deeper understanding of maybe what that is, but then nothing happens five minutes later. Or nothing happens later that day, or even by the end of the week, nothing happens, and, and we begin to, uh, to feel and wonder that maybe did I hear God wrong, or, or maybe uh, what he said was going to happen isn't really going to happen. Or maybe you look at the few seeds that you have, and you, and you kind of think, man, is this all I have? Is this all you're really going to be able to give to me, God, and what you're going to do through this, this, this little handful of seeds? And maybe even you try to plant it, and you try to, you know, you wait for it, and you're waiting for it to grow, and nothing happens in your life? God, why, why is nothing happening? What's going on? And in those moments, here's what begins to happen for us. A lot of times is we begin to settle for lesser things, right? Maybe you grew up and you said, man, I'm, oh, I can't wait to get married. I know I'm going to get married. Uh, and ladies, you know, you can't, uh, you know, he's going to be strong. He's going to have a good job. He's, you know, he's going to uh, uh, be faithful and lead our family. And as your clock is ticking and you think, man, I'm running out of time. All of a sudden you start to lower your standards and be like, God, I'll take, just give me a man. Someone who's male, right? Job, maybe optional. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, he's kind of addicted to video games. He's, nah, I, that's all right. Just bring someone into my life. Then we begin to settle. 
But the reality is this morning, if you're taking notes, I encourage you, the big idea this morning is if when we're talking about seeds is you have no idea when it comes to seeds what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. Today we're starting this exponential series and we're talking about this idea that what we may not be able to see, what may be taking years, months, weeks, who knows, decades to happen, we may never see. But the truth is, you can never doubt what God can do through a single seed planted in faith. And this morning, we're going to start by talking about Abraham and Sarah. At first, their names were Abram and Sarah, and then God changed their names. But they had this awesome experience where they met God, and God spoke to them and said, Hey, Abraham and Sarah, I'm going to make you into a great nation. In fact, I will read it in Genesis chapter 12. It says this, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And here's, here's the key. He says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. But in order to be a great nation, here's the truth, is you need to have offspring. You need to have children. And at this point, Abraham and Sarah, they're older in years, and they have no kids. But God said it, and if God said it, that's, we take it, right? We believe it. That's my seed that I'm going to plant. It's going to happen. So what do Abraham and Sarah do? I'm sure Abraham and Sarah, they go through the whole process where they start to go through the baby names, right? If you've ever uh, been pregnant or, you know, about to have a baby, you know the experience. You start to go through, what are we going to call the baby? And we're going to go through the baby names. And, and they begin to prepare probably the, the nursery tent, right? And if it's a boy, we're going to make it a Star Wars theme. And, and if it's a girl named Augustine, it'll also be a Star Wars theme. This is my second oldest. She loves Star Wars. Or if it's not, then we'll just make it a My Little Pony-themed nursery tent, right? I'm sure probably Sarah went through what to expect when you're expecting in a single day, just couldn't put it down with the excitement, knowing that she was going to have a child and that God was going to turn that child into a great nation, right? That's kind of the, the, the process that we go through. We get excited and we start moving our entire life around what God said is going to happen, we're going to do some kind of gender reveal, maybe on Instagram, some kind of gender reveal. And then the first month comes and nothing happens. Okay, that's all right. Maybe God has just given us some, some time to prepare, right? We got a lot more things to do. We got to make sure that the, the baby tent is safe. You know, we got to make sure that the plugs have got all the little, you know, whole things plugged up. And, and that's all right. God just given us some time to get further prepared for what he wants to do. And then the next month comes and goes, and still no baby, nothing happens. What do you do? What do you do in those seasons when you feel like, God, you said you were going to do something, and nothing happens? So here we are in Genesis chapter 12, where God promises Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. And then just a few chapters later, we read this in chapter 15. It says, sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abraham. So the question begs to be answered, how much time passes in these three chapters in this sometime later? Because we don't have a specific time, but most scholars believe it's at least 10 years. At least 10 years have passed in Abraham and Sarah's life, and there's still no baby. Right, 10 years of 120 years. 
of, of recognizing and realizing, man, not this month. There's no baby. We're not pregnant. 120 months worth of waking up and realizing that, but God, you said we were going to be the start of a great nation. What, what gives? What are you doing here? Why do we not see any fruit from this promise that you gave us? And the story goes on, right? Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you. And what does he said? And your reward will be great. Just reinforcing the idea, God, I have plans for you, plans and purposes, Abram. But then Abraham says, oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings or all these other things that I'm experiencing that I have? What good is any of this stuff when I don't even have a son. Right, Abraham recognizes, yeah, that, that stuff is great, God, uh, but it's meaningless to me, meaningless to me, because I have this promise that you gave me 10 years ago, and here we are, still empty-handed, the nursery tent ready to go, and there's nothing in it. Kind of throwing a little shade at God here. God, what gives? A decade full of unfulfilled promises. And I'm sure in your own life you could recognize something that you've planted, a seed that God has given you. Maybe it was a relationship that didn't pan out. Maybe it was this, man, God, we're going to choose to get out of debt. And now you find yourself years later further in debt than you were before. Or maybe it's something to do in your health. And all of a sudden, you got a report, and the report looks worse than it did the last time. And you got to think, what is, in this spot, Abraham's perspective? Because nothing is happening. Twelve years' worth of months of disappointment. There's no evidence that anything is happening. What's the perspective? What is Abraham doing? Did he forget about being a great nation? He could care less, and he just says, God, just give me a son. Forget about your promises. Just give me a son. You have no idea, church, no idea, though, what God can do through a single seed of planted in faith. And when it comes to faith and following Jesus, we kind of, we think addition, right? We, we think uh, that it's all about uh, adding, that God wants to add things. God, just give me a son. But when it comes to the way that God thinks, God thinks in multiplication, right? Just a few chapters earlier, what did God say to Adam and Eve, right? He said, be fruitful and what? Be fruitful and multiply, right? Now, I got to just be honest, the Doyles, I feel like we're doing our part, right? We're doing our part in multiplying when it comes to our kids. <laughs> be fruitful and multiply. And here's the craziest thing. When people ask, you know, Jimmy, what is it that you, after they get the idea that I tell them I have four girls, and they usually say, four girls is the initial response, right? And then right afterwards, they always ask me, well, are you going to go for that boy, right? That's the next response. Are you going for that boy? And I'm like, guys, I've already done my part. It's getting real awkward. My mom texted me these articles about, you know, ways to try to make sure that you can have better chances of having a boy, right? I'm not, I, I, I brought one to show you up on this. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to show you. 
But that's a little awkward, right, to receive from your mom after you have four girls and she's trying to give you, you know, the, the, the ways to increase your challenges of having a boy. <clears throat> but we think in multiplication. God thinks in multiplication, not to add, but to, to multiply. Jesus tells the story of uh, a man who goes out and sows seed. And as he's sowing the seed, he talks about the, the return on the harvest is not just one for one, but he says the, the return on the harvest is 40, and some of it is 60, and some of it is 100 times. Right? Because you can't count the amount of apples in a seed. You can count the seeds, but you can't count the apples in a seed. And you have no idea what God can do with a single seed planted in faith. And some seed had that exponential return, a, a multiplication. And this is what God is calling us to do. Just because maybe you don't see anything, it doesn't mean that God isn't doing something. You don't see what's, what's happening under the surface as the, the seed is, is germinating and things are beginning to happen to that seed to cause it to grow. We've been here at Ford Point in the theater for some five plus years working with you know, Stephen and sometimes there's a lot of people, sometimes there's a few people. And you begin to wonder, God, what is it that you're doing? Why are we here? Why is it not full? But it's not about the numbers. It's about being faithful to the call that God has given us no matter what the results may be. And it's cool throughout the years to hear different stories and meet different people. And uh, the last couple weeks, I heard this story about something cool that had happened. It started years and years ago about a, a couple that just recently started coming to Ford Point. And I asked them to come over to my house and we filmed a little bit of their story and I wanted to share that with you this morning. I'm George. And I'm Janelle. One of my friends um, that I help with with ministry, she actually mentioned coming here, coming to Four Point a couple times, mm -hmm. and she was just saying that we should maybe check it out, but she thinks we would enjoy it. So, oh. and then I looked up the the website, and then I showed you, and then I told you it was Stephen Skinner, Skinner's Church. I had seen it before you showed me oh, okay. on my own when I was looking. So obviously we didn't communicate. Well. <laughs> we didn't communicate, but it was pretty funny because she was she looked it up and she was. And I found it on my own, and I was like, I think we should visit there. I mean, I want to visit there because I know that it's really close. There's literally no excuse not to go to church. <laughs> I said that to George. I was like, even if it was a blizzard or a snow day, we could, we could walk. There's, like, there's no excuse not to go to church. Well, I used to work for a company, um, and I befriended one of my coworkers there, and she used to invite me over for game night. Her fiancé was George's childhood friend. Um, so I would go over for game nights, and then George would pop up and kind of hang out for a couple hours, then he would leave. Again, at that time, I wasn't a believer. Um, I thought he was cute, but, uh, <laughs> you know, everyone was just like, be careful of him. He's one of those, you know, crazy born-again believers. And I was more so in the, like, occult type of side, like, more new-agey type of things. Those were, that's where I thought the truth was at that point in my life. Um, but there was just something about him. Like, he would come over, he didn't curse, he didn't drink, he would play a couple games and he would leave, but there was something that drew me to him. And I know now it was the light of Christ inside of him, but, you know, we ended up going to their wedding and we danced at the wedding. He asked me to dance. And um, I think after that, the rest is history. We, we talked on the dance floor, um, you know, and I think we talked on a phone for a while and we, in, we went out for coffee maybe about a couple days later and he shared his faith and um, 
I had never heard anyone talk about the Lord like that. Sorry. <laughs> so it was like, what I was looking for, he knew the answer. And so I know God brought us together. You know, it's not, it wasn't an accident, it wasn't coincidence. And um, like I said, I wasn't a believer, he was. And we still, God was like, you're, you're looking for these answers, go talk to, to my son. And so, yeah, and shortly after that, I ended up getting saved through him. He gave me a track and everything, and he explained the gospel. And I thought it was too simplistic. I'm like, there has to be more. Like early on, I started like figuring out like, I, this guy looks familiar, but I don't know from where. I just like, where do I know him from? And then it'll just fade. You know, I wouldn't think about it again. Three, four weeks ago, right, right before we met with you, that the Holy Spirit like really hit me. It's like Jimmy, Jimmy. And it's like, I'm like pondering, like, Jimmy, Jimmy, like, wait a minute. That kid's name was Jimmy. <laughs> I think, it, yeah, I think his name was Jimmy. And he had a sister with a, with a unique name with L, Lena, 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 something like that. I couldn't remember it. And then, like, I think his parents, they were doing some, something with puppets. And, like, the little things were starting to connect. Then I went outside in the lobby for a second and talked to your dad. And then I was like, did you guys used to live in Camilla's? And it's like, no, we never lived in Camillus. So I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm off. I was wrong. It's not them. But then I was like, did you live close to Camillus? So like, oh, we live on Hollywood Hill Road, which is close to Camillus. So my memory was not too far off. So I'm like, oh, did you? Did you guys have, used to have a bus with puppets called Puppets for Christ? And he's like, yeah. It's like, so your dad didn't recognize me because, of course, it's been years. Like, well, how do you, what do you know me from? So you guys were believers. I was doing my job working for Electrolux. Uh, I, I showed up for a... Uh, uh, a, a, not an order, but it was like a service order. And uh, I would do some of those. You guys had a central vac at the time, I remember. Uh, and I was checking out to make sure everything's working okay. I forget the exact reason for the call, but I remember distinctly that um, you guys fed me, even though I was some, just some strange sales guy that came to their house, take care of their vacuum cleaner. You guys gave me some sandwiches or something to eat. And you guys were different. Like spiritually, there was something different. I couldn't put my finger on it. Being an unbeliever, I just thought you guys were strange and weird. That was my assessment as an unbeliever. And now, here it is, 21 years later, you're pastoring a church along with the Skinners as, that are, you guys are the co core of that church. And I've known the Skinners for years on and off. And I met you guys and you guys were kind to me and planted a seed that I didn't even know was being planted just before I got saved. I had no idea if I was ever gonna connect with you guys or me. You guys, I completely forgot about you guys. And then he didn't connect all the dots until that one Sunday about three weeks ago. And I was like, oh, the lights went off. I kept talking about it like an excited little kid on Christmas because I was just so dumbfounded how it's been 21 years. You guys, out of all the people, you guys are in our lives now leading a church and we're looking for a church. And, and hopefully, God willing, this we can make this our, our home church for however long he will have us to be here. And, coming over for life groups. We plan on coming this Sunday. So, um, so good things are happening. We thank God for what he's doing in, uh, in Forward Point and in our lives right now. Just be <clears throat> obedient to what Holy Spirit says for you to do. You know, if he leads you to share scripture, pray for someone, send a text, smile at a person. I mean, I've had someone say, you know, you came to, I came to church and you smiled at me and you gave me a big hug and I was having one of the worst days of my life and God said, see, I just hugged you through her. Like just to be encouraged that we as believers, we just do what the Lord has. We don't, we shouldn't be concerned of if we don't see it in the natural, you know, we don't see it manifest. 
you know, it's just, it could be discouraging, but God's always working and he meets us. So that little bit of seed, the seeds that we do plant, he's going to, he's going to grow. But out of this relationship, uh, God reconnected me to you and your family. And I love your dad. Your dad's a funny guy. He's, he's great, great guy, James Sr. So I just trust God and, and how he does things. It's just amazing. You have no idea what God can do with a single seed planted in faith. That was a seed planted some 21 years ago. And just because you don't see anything doesn't mean that God isn't doing anything. Because you don't see what's happening underneath the ground. That wasn't out of the ordinary for my parents. All the time they would do weird things like this. I remember one time we had Mormons come to the house and the next thing I know Mormons are having dinner and my parents invited them and their friends to come to a Carmen concert that was happening here in Syracuse and just constantly throwing seed because you have no idea what God can do with a single seed planted in faith. That's how it works. And just like Janelle said, right? Janelle, it doesn't matter it, just the way that you live and the things that you're doing, the way you smile at someone, the way that you look at someone, that could be the, the seed that they need. It might not be something you see fruit from for a long time, but that is the seed that is needed. You have no idea. And I remember being just like George just a few weeks ago when he started telling the story out in the foyer. I was like a little kid too. I was like, George, you got to tell the story to the Skinners. George, you got to tell the story to my parents because this is 21 years later, we're seeing fruit of a single seed planted in faith. No idea what's going on underneath the surface. And long before you, you ever have any fruit, God has got to make sure, church, catch this, God has got to make sure that that Seed takes root. Because we're all about wanting the fruit. We want the numbers. We want the people. We want a, the awesome story. But long before there can be any kind of fruit, God has to make sure that that seed, it takes root. Root in our lives. You see, Abraham had a very limited perspective, right? For Abraham, he's, he's in the tent. He's talking to God. God, where are you? God, you said this was going to happen. We've been here month after month with no results, nothing to show for it. God, where's the, uh, the relationship that you promised me? You know, it's been my heart's desire to, to be married. God, I've been praying for my father to, to get nicer, and it seems like he's even worse than he's ever been, as mean as he's ever been. God, where are you? You promise this. And you see, Abraham has this very limited perspective. All he can see is what's right in front of him. And then something interesting happens in verse 5. It says, then the Lord took Abraham outside. And man, this is one of those verses where I wish I knew I could be there to, to you know, to, to see what this looked like. Like, Abraham, get outside. You know, we're like pulling him by the ear. Like, get out here with me, Abraham. Seriously? We're going to do this. 
He took Abraham outside. And really, I feel as a pastor, this is one of my greatest callings is to try to help us get out of the tent, to get out of just our you know, ideas of how we think things should happen and supposed to be, and to challenge us to think outside of the tent. Because here's the reality. If you're in the tent, and if God had met all of your expectations while you're here in the tent, right? You have the imagination to say, God, this is what I want. And if God met all of your expectations, he would never have the opportunity to exceed them, to exceed them, to blow them up, to give you a story 21 years later of what he's been working in the background. And here's what God did. He said, look up, Abraham. Look into the sky and and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Abraham, can you count the stars in the sky? Try for me. Go ahead. Abraham's one, two, three. Yeah. Let me know when you're done with that, Abraham. Can you count the stars, Abraham? And in that moment, as Abraham looks up and he begins to to recognize and remember who God is and the promise and and the challenge, he recognizes, man, I have not a chance in the world to be able to count all of these stars. Again, I wish I could be there to see how Abraham responded to God. If he just fell to his knees and maybe lifted up his hands, maybe he worshiped to have countered the word from God, and then to, to respond. You see, God, man, my, my perspective is, is all I was thinking was addition. All I was hoping for, God, would you just add to our family? Would you just give us this son? All the while, God is thinking of a nation, of multiplication, of what he's going to do through Abraham. And if you trust, catch this church, if you trust and if you follow Jesus, then you are one of those stars that you see in the sky. Right? You are a seed of Abraham. There's a, there's a verse that says it, and there's a song that says it, right? We're going to look at the, at the verse, but we're going to get to the song in a second, right? He says, Paul to the Galatians, he said, if you belong to Christ, if you've been changed by Christ, if you've given your life over to Christ, if you've allowed him to transform your life, then you are Abraham's seed. You are one of those stars, forward point, and heirs according to the promise. You have no idea what God can produce through a single seed planted in faith. And if you know it, you can sing it with me, right? Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot. Turn around, sit down. I don't know the rest of the song. If God always just worked in the realm of which you can see and and in your expectations, then he'd never be able to exceed them. Abraham was was thinking a son, and yes, God was thinking of a nation, but even more than that, God was thinking of you. Thousands of years later, he was thinking of you. And God is calling us to be a a, a family that is going to plant seeds just wherever we are, just a smile, just a hug, just a, hey, how are you? Hey, what's going on in your life? 
just in the way you live, can be planting a seed. We're also, we're going to invite you to, to join us in planting seeds as a part of Ford Point. There's different ways that, that you have opportunity to plant seeds. It could be working with the kids where you're planting in these little hearts and minds. A couple months ago, another person here in the seat said, hey, I would love to take people out to, to go door to door because I'm a politician and I've been doing this and it's in my wheelhouse of things I know how to do. So last month we had a, a team, they called them the, the, the street team where they just got together and for a couple hours went door to door and they loved it so much and they're going to do it again this month. They already have October 23rd. If you want to join them, they're going to get together and do it all over again just to plant seeds and meet people and they're going to tell them about what's going on at Ford Point, right? Because coming up, we have something uh, going on that's usually uh, frowned upon or, you know, kind of uh, held at arm's length distance. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Halloween, right? Halloween brings shudders into people, into, into Christians' lives. But here's the reality. Here at Ford Point, what we said is we're committed to, we're going to do anything short of sin to reach people, to plant seeds, and we don't see Halloween as a, a holiday to be avoided. We see it as an opportunity to plant seeds. So there's a couple things going on this Halloween. We're going to have our first ever trunk or treat and star-studded meet and greet. We've hired some characters that are going to come dressed up as different characters to take pictures with kids. And I'm going to ask you to join us in bringing your car and decorating your trunk to the, to the, to the nines, some kind of theme. You can look it up on Google, some ideas if you want. But we're going to ask you to join us in the future home of Love Handles. Now, if you haven't heard of Love Handles, Love Handles is Ford Point's endeavor to have a storefront here just a couple blocks, one block down the street. It's going to be a yogurt shop, but a community center. And we got a little mock-up of what it's going to look like. It doesn't look like that quite yet. But there, ladies and gentlemen, Love Handles. And we've committed to say this Ford Point is going to be a community namesake in the city. A portion of all the proceeds we're going to give away back to the community. But it's just going to be a place where we can invite the community. It's going to have a backspace to be able to gather, to do classes, and just be a resource for the community. And who doesn't love yogurt and ice cream and toppings, right? Uh, if you ever talk to Stephen about it, the only thing he'll say is it's like sweet frogs. That's the only way he knows how to explain it is by saying it's like sweet frogs, so think sweet frogs in your mind. But God is calling us to plant seeds in our community, and we're inviting you to join us in that process. This is who we are. This is who he's calling us to be, because here's the truth, forward point, is you can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. Because you have no idea what God can do with a single seed of faith, a single seed planted in faith. Will you pray with me this morning? God, we are so grateful. So grateful that you planted seeds in our own life to bring us to this place where we are in relationship with you. Be it a seed planted 21 years ago from, from people that we thought were, were crazy and, and weird because they gave free food, or maybe a seed just planted earlier this week, and now we find ourselves here in this room for the first time. God, that you've used people in our lives to bring us to this place where we are 
today. And God, this morning, you want to blow up our perspective. God, this morning, you want to take us out of the tent. And this morning, God, we pray that you would help us to look up and to see the stars. And to remember that, man, even though we don't see it, even though we can't see what you're doing, we can trust and believe that you're working underneath the surface. So God, this morning we pray that you would bring us to a place where we just can't come here and be content with, with coming to church on a Sunday morning, leaving and, and just going through the process again next week. But God, this morning you would stir something up in our, in our hearts. Maybe it's a, a healing of, of, of a promise that we've long thought you've forgotten. And have kind of now always walked at a distance out of bitterness because God, where are you and why haven't you done anything? This morning that God wants to, uh, to, to re-bring back to life the area in your spirit that has died as a result of it not happening in your time. This morning, God has used this morning to say that he's working all things together for the good, for those who called according to his purposes. And this morning, God wants to bring new life into that seed that was planted in your life. So as we respond to God this morning, I want to just pray for us to be a people on purpose planting seeds, not out of some expectation of God having to do something, but just out of a sense of faithfulness to do what God's called us to do. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Everyone's eyes are closed, head bowed. If you would join me in saying, I'm going to live on purpose and I'm going to be someone who's going to plant seeds with my life, I'm just going to ask you just to raise your hand as a commitment to God to say, God, I'm going to live on purpose. God, I want to be someone who plants seeds wherever I'm at with my life and my lifestyle. Through Forward Point, I'm going to be someone who plants seeds. God, you see every single person this morning committed to you to be on purpose and to be planting seeds. God, would you blow up our paradigm? Would you, God, begin to just tear down any kind of wall that begins to say, ah, God can't move in the, the, the Halloween, the, the October 31st. That day is off limits to God. God, would you just blow up our mindset that there is nothing that can't be redeemed. A holiday cannot be redeemed. A person cannot be redeemed. And as we are faithful to follow you and your calling in our lives, God, we're going to see tomorrow in 21 years, we're going to see the fruits of what you're doing in our lives. So God, begin to do this work in our hearts. Help us to respond this morning and just continue to speak to us through the rest of this morning.